All rise. Here come the Yankees. Aaron Judge blasted two more homers Sunday night to lead the Bombers to a three-game sweep of the Red Sox and six straight wins. We break down the Yankees' hot streak, James Paxton struggles, and look ahead to their games against Joe Girardi and the Phillies with the post Ken Davidoff. All that and more next on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All rise. Here's a Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, a New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, former Yankee and four-time World Series champion Jeff Nelson. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Chris Sheeran, yes, and Nelly is at NYNelly43. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you use Apple, please give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. Ken Davidoff joins us later in the show, but first I bring in Nelly. And Jeff, you were part of this rivalry for a pretty long time within your tenure as a Yankee. It doesn't matter what kind of Red Sox team you're facing. If you get a sweep, especially in your first tete-a-tete, if you will, with the Red Sox, that's uh, you'll take that any way you can. You will, but it's a shame that it's no fans. You know, it's a lot different when there's no fans in the stands, when then in when there is fans in the stands, because then you feel you feel the excitement, you feel the rivalry. I mean, the rivalry is, I think, unlike any others. I mean, you say the Giants and the Dodgers, but the Red Sox and the and the Yankees have gone on forever since Babe Ruth, obviously. And when I played, the Red Sox have never won a World Series. So you know, when I left, then then all of a sudden the Red Sox started winning. But it's a different team. You know, I watched the weekend series, and the Red Sox are just not the Red Sox. And the Yankees are. I haven't really seen the rest of the teams. You have the Twins are getting off to a good start. Uh, you have the Houston Astros. You might throw in maybe the Tampa Bay Rays. But other than that, I don't see anyone any better than, than the Yankees. You know, their lineup has been incredible. The one thing I will say is besides Garrett Cole, I'm a little bit worried, and I'll say it every week until I, they start putting together a, a solid rotation or at least some consistent starts. I'm a little worried about their starting rotation. But, you know, it's it's a great rivalry. And you know what? The Yankees are beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and that's, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, you bring up the Red Sox. Let's just uh, touch on them really fast before we start waxing poetic about some of the Yankees that are having tremendous starts to their seasons. Uh, and that is, Jeff, you're a former pitcher, a reliever, so you know this as well as anybody. It, it starts with the pitching staff and trickles down from there. Chris Sale has Tommy John, Eduardo Rodriguez, complications from coronavirus. When you don't have that solid rotation and your bullpen is thin as well, these are the results that you're going to have. Pitching and defense wins championships in the major league leagues well it does and you look at last night's game on Sunday that you know even even the Yankees pitchers have started giving up some runs and you know when you score seven runs when you read with the Red Sox you expect to win and you don't have a rotation you don't have a bullpen to to lock lock that down and when you have Bryce who has never ever started before I know him from the Marlins a really great kid's got good stuff and all of a sudden he's starting for the Red Sox uh, as a reliever because they don't have anybody uh, they missed Nathan Evaldi and you know he's He's probably their best best pitcher. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult, and I'm watching this team, and it's, you know, yes, they have a good lineup. J.D. Martinez is not getting off to a great start. I mean, but Bogarts is playing well. Even Ben Attendee, you know, the first few years, he's been outstanding. He's gotten off to a slow start. Jackie Bradley Jr. got off to a good start, and now all of a sudden he's coming back to earth. But it, it's almost like a triple-A team. It's really sad how the American League East, I've always thought, 
was probably the best division, the most consistent division in all of baseball for years. And now it might be one of the weakest. Let's talk about Aaron Judge. I mean, he's he's pretty much pacing this Yankees offense. 24 of their last 26 runs have come via the home run right out of this weekend series with the Red Sox. And Judge has six in his first eight games. That ties Alex Rodriguez from 2007 and surpasses Babe Ruth from 1932. And here's the scary thing, Nelly. Talking to Aaron Boone yesterday and talking to Judge as well, I did the post-game show, pre- and post-game shows for Yes over the weekend. And talking to Judge and Boone, they both said the same thing about Judge, and that was that he's still working to get totally locked in. Judge said, when I'm locked in, I'm going five for five. It's very scary to see how he's hitting the ball right now. And both of them thinking that he's still not quote unquote locked in. Well, it looks like he's locked into me because, you know, he's getting a lot of balls up in his zone and he's just pounding them. I mean, a couple high breaking balls that he just absolutely crushed on Sunday for a three run homer. And then also a uh, two run homer to me, when you watch, you know, obviously pitching in my day is a lot different than pitching. Now you see a lot of balls out on the outside part of the plate and you don't see very many hitters feeling uncomfortable anymore. They get in the box. They know that these guys aren't coming inside. Judge is a very intimidating person at the plate. And, you know, he almost dares you to come inside. He says, okay, come inside. Uh, He doesn't like the ball inside, even though when he's ahead of the count, you know, he'll pull his hands in. He's got such power that he's able to take you out. Uh, Anything belt high, he's punishing the baseball. And I just, you know, he's so fun to watch. And I think every single swing, and it's just, I think over the last couple of years, every single swing, every single time that he runs around the bases maybe he just needs to go deep every time so he can jog around and not and not pull a hamstring or not pull a uh, you know a quad muscle or an oblique or something uh, you just want this guy to stay healthy he's such an impact player in this lineup uh, I said it last year I thought he was the most important guy in this lineup and when he goes down it affects everyone and I think the same thing this year if he ever went down it just affects the whole lineup and look how infectious this guy is when he's in there I don't care if he's hitting in the two hole three hole four hole whatever it is this guy's been incredible yeah and something very cool that i heard in the post-game comments last night he says he's traveling to and from the stadium with Giancarlo stanton and stanton told him to stay back on some break on the breaking ball and he'll catch it more in the zone and and players are starting to help each other more and more because they don't have the in-game film room anymore because of the because of covid and, and the new normal that we're in right now and i wanted to ask you i mean that's that's been a part of baseball since doubleday picked up the baseball and started you know started the sport jeff did you have those conversations i mean you had to in the bullpen i know you have bullpen coaches pitching coaches and hitting coaches and judge gave uh marcus Tims and um, PJ Pilateri credit as well. And, and you have Matt Blake as their pitching coach, but it, it starts sometimes with your teammates. It, it starts with a teammate maybe seeing something. Did you have that too? You did. And I think you learn from your teammates a little bit more. You know, you have now the reports and all that are just, I think sometimes is way too much. It almost makes you think too much because when you start thinking out there is when you start messing up. Uh, you have to just trust your stuff, go with your gut sometimes. But you also talk to players and, you know, a lot. A lot of times you hear opposing players. I would have some of my teammates come up and say, oh, Manny Ramirez said this or Frank Thomas said this or uh, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, OK, or 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 uh, like an Ed Sprague or, or you know, a Paul Mahler or, or, you know, those type of players when they're talking to your teammates and they're describing, man, that 
guy, Jeff Nelson, or, or that guy, Randy Johnson. That's who you learn from. I mean, I, scouting reports, I mean, you have these scouts that throw these reports. A lot of them make these hitters, as for me as a pitcher, make these hitters look like Babe Ruth. I would sit in the rooms. We would go over hitters. One in the first day in a, in a series, if we had a three or four game series, we're going over the hitters. I would just sit there and I would never listen. You know, I would just sit there and go through the motions. I don't want to hear what these guys are saying about these hitters. You know, the one thing that I wanted to know as a reliever, are they first pitch swingers? When men on base, how aggressive are they? And, and that's all I wanted to know. And, you know, you face you face guys pretty much the same way. And as you get older and you go through the league a little bit more, you realize what hitters are trying to do to you. And if they are reaching that outside part of the plate, I mean, we had to throw inside. There was hitters that covered the whole plate that for two strikes, they weren't afraid to go the other way. You didn't see shifts. Now you're seeing all that. So when you have hitters and, and pitchers, they're talking. I mean, that's great to see. And when you have Stanton and Judge and they're talking about different stances or guys that the guys that are throwing against each other or the breaking ball in certain counts, uh, stay back, obviously stay back. I mean, you're, it, it's a no brainer. If you get out on your front foot, what you're going to do, you're just going to pop the ball up. That's where you really get the most. Uh, you know, you have your hitting coaches, but you have from your teammates, you know, uh, you see them all the time. You see hitters talk all the time when they come in from facing a guy, you know, okay, this guy has that. He really doesn't like coming inside his breaking ball. You can start seeing the spin early. I mean, that's what they talk about. And, and when you have that, you know, sometimes it makes it easier to go up there and hit and you start looking for things in, in different counts. And when you have guys that don't come inside, I mean, how comfortable are these hitters now? I mean, with Judge and Stanton, these guys are as intimidating as anybody in the league. And I'm like, they're not even moving their feet. No wonder they're getting balls to hit, you know, and it's uh, and good for them. You know, I want the Yankees to win every game. And I'm, I'm like, man, how easy I might be able to hit nowadays when nobody comes inside. But uh, you know what? They're not missing mistakes. And, and sometimes when you struggle, you miss mistakes. And you look at Aaron Judge and he's hit, what, six home runs and probably every single one of them have been a mistake. That one he hit in Baltimore, okay, the 2-1 the pitch probably should have been a strike, but the 3-1 pitch was about 450. And, uh, you know, that's that happens and, you know, they're not missing it. Since, since you brought it up, before we continue with the Yankees, I have to just follow up real quick there. Has baseball become too sensitive about pitching inside and maybe backing somebody off and having them think twice? Well, no doubt. I mean, you look at the umpires, they've taken the inside part of the plate away. And every time somebody comes in, the hitters know it and the hitters will start barking at the umpire and say, oh, that guy's throwing at me. Uh, another thing, pitchers are afraid to throw inside. This was about five, six, seven years ago. I forget who I was interviewing and, and I was asking him about, okay, what do you work on in spring? Because the spring is the time to work on pitches inside. And, you know, I think this pitcher said, you know, I, I'm afraid to go in because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hit anyone. And, and to me, it's like, why? I mean, you know, this is spring training. I mean, you're throwing against an opposing team. Who cares if you hit the other guy? You know, it doesn't matter. You know, I was in, you know, when you throw into hitters in, in your own camp, I, I told you I would never want to throw against a Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Tino. I don't want to throw against those guys because if I hit them, then all of a sudden I hurt them. Maybe I break their hand or something. They're not feeling bad about it. Yeah, you're trying to shake the rust off and you don't want <laughs> you don't want to go up against those guys for sure. Um, last night, Judge got his sixth home run in his, in the eighth, in his eighth game. He tied Alex Rodriguez uh, from 2007. Uh, Alex was in the booth last night. Just got to get your thoughts on what you think about uh, Alex in the booth. Oh, when he just when he said, "Oh, Jordan, uh, LeBron, and I knew you were going to go. I knew you were going to go there. Kidding me? You're Tiger Woods. I mean, now we have Aaron Judge. I'm like, come on. <laughs> to me, that oh, was a little over God. the top too. When he when the he innuendos or whatever cliches yeah. that he's throwing out there. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> this is Aaron Judge. Yes, he's a great ball player, but you're going to throw him in the same sentence as those guys. Oh, it's a little bit, uh, you know, easy. 
Easy, Alex. I think I think we have to pump the brakes with the Jordan comparisons. Uh, yeah, yeah, they gotta uh, pump the brakes with a lot of his comparisons, a lot of the things that he says. How about Judge as an early MVP candidate, Nelly? Do Do you think? I know we're only in a sixty game season. I know we might not get through the sixty games in this season, but you have to have his name at the top of the list for an early MVP candidate. Well, it was Stanton there for a while, right? And then all of a sudden, now it's Judge. So I, I just want to see both these guys be healthy. You, you know. That's what I want to see every single game. Uh, the Yankees are getting off to a tremendous start, regardless of their starting pitching. The offense have just been clicking on all cylinders, and I just want to see these two guys in the lineup every day. That's all I want to see. And then at the end, if the numbers continue, obviously Judge will be there. Those guys are healthy, and that's great for the Yankees, as, as we saw what uh, Stanton did in the first couple of games and what Judges did done the last uh, six games, uh, eight games, rather. Let's talk about someone who doesn't look he, he he is healthy. Aaron Boone said he is healthy. He feels good. But James Paxton, the the velocity isn't there. He struggled again. There's a little bit of a of bad defense behind him as well. But the velocity still wasn't where it needs to be. He it, it still appeared, Nelly, he couldn't put guys away. Now I have to ask you, did you ever experience a year where you didn't have the velocity and had you, you had to build it back up. If you could kind of tell our audience how long that usually takes, he said it might be something mechanical and he's still trying to figure it out, getting him mechanically. How did Boom put it last night? Mechanically unlocked. They're trying to get him to a point where he's mechanically unlocked, where the velocity comes back. But if you could describe that being a former pitcher, that that would help me and our audience out a great deal. Well, luckily, I've never had a season or a time where I, my velocity started dropping. When that happened, I retired. So, uh, you know, that, <laughs> then that, that was it. But, you know, a lot of times... They always say, okay, spring training's for starters. You know, that's when you build up your arm strength. That's where you build up your pitch count. And a lot of times the, the velocity doesn't really tr get hit their max uh, until, you know, maybe four or five starts in, six starts in. Um, it's a little bit late for that now, but, you know, you wouldn't think that would happen because you started already. I know Paxton probably wasn't going to start the season anyway, wasn't going to come back until sometime in May. So you're thinking, okay, June. So he ha had to have some bullpens and he had to be ready for this uh, spring training or the summer camp 2.0. I mean, he's hitting 90, 91 miles an hour, and this guy's a 96 to 98 guy, and he lives up in the zone with that fastball and from the left side, and, and it's an explosive fastball, and his slider is usually a lot sharper as well. I mean, last night he threw like a 48-foot changeup. I mean, he bounced it like five or six feet in front of the plate. To me, it looks like he's slinging the ball. It's almost like a catapult when you put something, and it's just like one of those wooden things, and then you let it go, and, you know, he's not bending his elbow, and I, I you know, I would like to see some video from uh, a couple years or even last year and, and you know before he hurt his back and I'm wondering if that's playing a part in his head does he still feel it yes he's saying that he's healthy and he feels good but sometimes mechanics you'd still have the velocity uh to me he's just slinging the ball and, and he's not he's not it's not that he's not getting through the baseball he's not bending his elbow I don't know maybe he's a little apprehensive he doesn't want to it could be because of the back yeah but this is I mean if you can't be that way he's a free agent at the end of the year and that's and the other thing sudden, yes all of a sudden you start seeing 90, 91 miles an hour for a guy that I think the most starts that he's put together is maybe 23 or 24 in a year. Uh, he's never pitched 200 innings. So there's a guy that, you know, teams are going to look at that, hey, he could be an impact starter, a number two starter. 
and he's throwing like a number three, four, or five starter right now. So he desperately needs to turn things around or at least try to find that velocity again. And and hopefully he is 100% and he's just not holding back or he is holding back, afraid that he's going to feel something because he needs to let it go. Everything is just flat. And when you're going out for three innings and giving up five runs, throwing 62 pitches and they're taking you out, uh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, you bring up a great point. It's not just for the team's benefit that he starts to turn things around, but it's for his individual benefit as well. It is a contract year for him, albeit a strange one, as we've been discussing since we rebooted this podcast, you know, in this coronavirus, in these coronavirus times. Jeff, the Yankees are 7-1. and one. They're the best team in baseball. But are all of their preseason concerns behind them? Because you, you still think this rotation could be an issue. Oh, I still do. You know, obviously, Tanaka, he's building up strength. He went out in, what, two and a third, two and two thirds. Yeah, and he time. said, Jeff, he said in his postgame comments, he, he said he was rusty. I, I thought his command was was pretty much there, but he, he thought he was still rusty. So it was good to hear him say that, because if that's rust, I'd like to see what rust isn't with him. <laughs> Yeah, you know, his velocity was up, which, you know, over time, I think it's going to wind up dipping down a little bit. I think I saw a couple 94s in, in there uh, for the first time. And, and you know, he had a really good split, good change up. He, he had really good command. Montgomery was outstanding. I think this guy is going to be a huge plus. He's going to need to be a huge plus in this rotation. He looked like he was in midseason form in yeah, his career. Very, in, very well. In- in his spring 2.0 start. So yeah, I, I agree with that, but they are the best team in baseball right now. And it, it's pretty much, there's a, there's a, there's a yardstick between the Yankees and everybody else at this moment, but still the, the starting pitching does have to come together. And Cole's going to throw this first game down in Philly. And he's been the one constant so I think far. It's fortunate that if you look, I mean, the NL East, I thought was going to be a lot stronger as well. They are, uh, but I think it's fortunate that you're just playing in your divisions. The Yankees, are, are heads above every single team, and that's including the National League and the East, and that's who they're going to play. And, you know, it's fortunate to be able to be in this division if you're a Yankee because, you know, everyone else is is so much, I think, below what the Yankees are putting out there every day. And the Bronx, the Bronx seems to be okay, but... Uh... Uh, Jake, do you want to you want to chime in here on Queens? What a turn of events! I mean, before the season, everyone's going out with COVID for the Yankees. The Mets is la la land. Cespedes is back. They got a DH. They got all the depth in the world. And now we look on August third, and one of their best hitters has opted out. He went AWOL on the team. He let his agent let them know in like the fifth inning of a game that they were about to lose and leave the seven line army, not a small army, on the base paths. They left Darren on third base. They left Mister Met at second, and whoever else is in the army on first and uh just gave no explanation so the Mets are three and seven Mets fans are concerned it's panic city while you guys are in la la land with uh with Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and, and the other girl in that movie in la la land uh so it, it's two different worlds right now and it's pretty amazing the the twist I mean there were fans panicking about the Yankees because a couple guys went out uh I know Nelly you've panicked about the pitching and now the Yankees you said are yard a yardstick away they are a football field away from the Mets right now And, uh, you know, there's 50 games left and things need to turn. But wow. I mean, what happened yesterday and blowing a six run lead Friday? It is a frustration of 50 years accumulated into one weekend. uh, And it ended with a $110 million man over four years, putting up, you know, four years worth of numbers into one year and just fleecing the Mets, as Jed Lowry did, of $20 million, as well as me, Nelly, Sheeran, and Ken Davidoff, who will join us, all have the same amount of hits 
as Jed Lowry in a Mets uniform. Wow. <laughs> Coming in hot. I, I shouldn't have poked the bear there. But, uh, you know, he was letting frustration out. <laughs> well, Nelly, did you have any hits in your career? No, right? I only had three ABs. No. So, you know, I probably had more ABs than Jed oh, no, Lowry. He, he had seven. So, so I mean, oh, okay. he's got four more than I do. Oh, life of a Mets fan, guys. It's rough. Well, if Dickens wrote his classic A Tale of Two Cities, it would be uh, a tale of one city with two different stories. And that is the Yankees and the Mets right now in this early season. As as Jake said, we're going to welcome in Ken Davidoff, a New York Post baseball columnist. He joins us now. You could follow Ken on Twitter at Ken Davidoff and read his stories in the post at nypost.com. Kenny, thanks for joining us, pal. We appreciate it once again. You were down in Philly uh, last Monday when uh, the Marlins left and the Phillies had the scare of potentially having an outbreak of their own. How bizarre was that, Ken? Oh, yeah, that was something else. That was uh, unlike anything I've ever experienced. Uh, you know, I, I, I spent two days in Philly and covered zero games, uh, but was uh, very, very busy. But this is 2020 coronavirus ball, right? This is the reality, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if we had further uh, complications and speed bumps. Well, what a great place to vacation for a couple of days in, and in uh, lovely <laughs> Philly, Philly, Ken. You know, you, I see you all the time. You always, and I see you on Twitter, and, and you, the speculation about, oh, you wonder if the season is going to finish, and and I thought for sure that, oh, there's no way that there's going to be interruption. But, you know, I'm starting to think that you may be right that, it, you know, you see the Cardinals down. Who knows when they'll play? Uh, there's going to be other teams that are going to go through maybe what the Marlins have gone through. Hopefully not. Uh, this might be a, a really tough time for this league to try to get in the full season and even get into the postseason. Needless to say, Nelly, I agree. Uh, look, we look at what's going on. You look at Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL. The NBA and the NHL can do bubbles, and I think bubbles have a shot. And while I think Major League Baseball deserves plenty of criticism on plenty of fronts, I don't see how a bubble would have been doable. Uh, not in Florida, not in Arizona, not in Texas. The only place it might have worked was Canada uh, because of the weather up there, but I'm not sure what their facilities are beyond uh, Rogers Center and, and the Montreal place. And uh, I'm not sure if the Canadian government would have wanted that anyway. They don't want the Blue Jays. Uh, so yeah, Major League Baseball is in a real tough spot here. And yeah, I, I don't think we're going to make it. Well, I hope, I hope we do. I hope we're all wrong because I'm in the same boat as you two because you can't have something happen like happened to the Marlins, Kenny. And, and expect the season to get completed. I mean, we're pushing it back now, maybe until October. And if more, and if another team has another breakout like this, you know, we might be pushing games into November. And who knows if the flu is going to be back, and if there's another a second wave of this coronavirus or third or fourth wave for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Look, if you think about it, uh, when everything shut down back in March uh, and now opened back up in July, things got worse. You know, I think. I think the only thing that changed is people got tired of waiting, and understandably, there's a lot of money at stake here, and and you've seen how well these games have done in the ratings and streaming and all that, so I get it, but really, I'm, I'm not sure the country was ready for this. Yeah, Ken, and another thing, you know, I think once we went into March and regular spring training or February, all of a sudden shut down, you wait all the way till July, and then all of a sudden you start again, the 2.0, you had a feeling that there was going to be injuries, and especially with pitchers, and you've seen that. You had clue 
Kluber with Texas, Verlander. Now Canely is going to have Tommy John with the Yankees. And with all this start and stop, and I mean, for instance, the Marlins, they, I mean, you can't, they haven't gotten out in the field. I mean, what are you handing out baseballs in front of their door and say, hey, put the mattress up, going up against a mattress and hope you don't break anything in your room. If you do, we'll pay for it. But, you know, there's even going to be even greater injuries that are going to happen because you, you can't go a week without doing anything. Yes, you know, remember, All-Star break was four days and hey, it was welcomed because, you know, you already played a full two and a half months, three months. And hey, I need that rest and I can get it going again on that Friday. But to have the start and stop that they've had, you know, that's got to be in some kind of consideration too with the league. No doubt, Nelly. And I'm curious tonight, Philly's at Yankees uh, with uh, your old pal, Joe Girardi. And I'm looking forward to asking Joe those very questions. You know, how, how, how do you... How do you manage this? How do you walk this tightrope of you are fighting for a playoff spot and but your your guys are, you know, a week behind everybody else. So, uh, yeah, there's just so many balls in the air that that MLB is trying to juggle here. Well, we can't predict the virus. We can't predict. Uh, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know if the season's going to end or not. But what we can talk about for sure, Kenny, um, is that Aaron Judge is absolutely on fire right now. And we, Nellie and I talked about this earlier. You have to put him into consideration. And, and I know based on what we just discussed, we might not have a season. We might not have awards, but he he has to be up there for the MVP right now. Well, I think more important, he belongs in the same conversation as Tiger Woods, LeBron James, <laughs> uh, Wayne Gretzky, my, Albert, my, Albert Einstein. <laughs> Maybe Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm surprised uh, that didn't come out. Those guys walking on water. Oh, Kenny for the win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That kind of caught me off guard, Ken. Yeah, I just think what he's doing right now, and, and we talked about it in his postgame remarks, and so did Aaron Boone, about how he's not completely dialed in yet, and, and he's still doing this. And to me, that's, that's extremely scary. Yeah, what's amazing about Judge is, you know, his big issue has been health. It has never been productivity, right? I mean, when, when he has been healthy, he has produced. And I know he's he can be a bit of a roller coaster. I I think that's a function of his size, similar to Stanton. Those guys do, do seem to get hot and cold, you know, with all the moving parts of their of their swing mechanics. Just like a uh, just like a tall pitcher, too. I'm sure exactly. Nelly and and Betances, at some points there has to be some kind of adjustment to your mechanics, whether it be hitting or pitching. Right, but 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 you're talking about Aaron Judge's sheer talent. It, I do think it's Hall of Fame caliber talent and upside. You know, Kenny, I wanted to ask you, you've, you've covered these NL East and also the AL East, and I've seen most teams. Uh, I really haven't caught the Blue Jays as much. I've seen some of them. I mean, they have some really good young players, especially position players. Pitching's a little suspect. I don't know if I've ever seen the American League East as weak. When I've watched Boston over the weekend, I don't know if I've ever seen the American League East as weak as it's been this year in, in past years. That's a great point, Nelly, and I think we'll, we'll put a big uh, bigger test to that that idea this coming weekend when the if the Yankees get to Tampa Bay and play the Rays if, if that happens uh, because we all thought the Rays were the clear best challenger to the Yankees uh, the Red Sox though my god I mean they seem checked out right I mean they have some they have some all-stars and then Bogarts and and Devers is an all-star 
talent. Uh, but when you look at their pitching, it's just absolutely brutal. And then, yeah, look, they, they traded Mookie Betts. They have a new chief baseball officer. They're, they're rebuilding. And, and we're not used to seeing a Red Sox team this checked out. It's been a while. Kenny, I got to ask you this because you've been covering baseball for a while and, and you've seen a ton of starting pitchers uh, come out, not have their velocity back and, and have it worked back into their repertoire. So when it comes to James Paxton, what are you seeing through your eyes with the lefty uh, in the Yankees rotation. Yeah, I was there in DC and yeah, it was it was batting practice. I mean, it was it was, it was stunning. Uh the, the velocity dropped and I remember in his last interest squad he was talking about it. He was he was trying to hide his concern, but he he mentioned the fact that yeah, some, something's a little off. <clears throat> yeah, James Paxton, he's a fascinating study because we talk about upside. He has all-star upside. He has 100 million dollar contract upside free agent this year. But when you talk about reliability, it's just not there with James Paxton. And whether this is a health issue, whether this is a mechanical issue, I don't know. It's not clear yet, but uh, it's, it's a concern for the Yankees. And more, to be honest, I think it's more of a concern for James Paxton personally moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And, and I said this for the last few weeks and even before we started and the season started. I said the one concern that I have besides Garrett Cole is the Yankees starting rotation. And, you, you know, it's starting to look that way. And, and you probably wouldn't bring this up anyway if you were this was April or May because you're like, okay, this is way too soon, but you have 50 games. And once they go into the postseason, I know there's going to be eight, eight teams. So you're adding what three extra you're going to have to start worrying about, okay, you know, you're going to face better pitching going into the playoffs. So as far as scoring runs, I think what, what's the league average. Now I think that each team is like averaging six plus runs a, a, a game. It's the, the, the scoring has been through the roof so far, but you're going to face better pitching and they're going to be able to shut down your hitters. But if you can't throw, you can't throw Garrett Cole every day, where's that coming from? And, and, you know, that's going to be a concern going forward. And I know they've only played 10 games, but the, you know, there's no such thing as early anymore. Yeah. Look, uh, in addition to Garrett Cole, which is quite the addition, Masiro Tanaka, you talk about reliability. There's a guy who's reliable to me. And in October, to boot, uh, I'm very curious about Jordan Montgomery. I heard you guys talking earlier about how good he looked Friday night. I was there Friday night. He was dealing. He, he looked terrific. And if this, if this kid is now ready post-Tommy John, well, let's, let's say worst-case scenario, Paxton's out of the picture. So if you got Cole game one, Tanaka game two, and then Montgomery game three and game four, TBD, whether it's Hap or bullpen game or someone else emerges, uh, I, I think that's a, a winnable uh, a combination. Ken, Aaron Boone was was very excited going into the season about all the power young arms they had in the bullpen. And one of those arms got in there to make his major league debut. Maybe another Yankees Nelly, Nick Nelson. He's got big shoes to fill, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he he looked electric. His, his problem in the minors was command. He had to harness that. But once he did, I mean, we've seen um, now Mike Michael King twice, and, and we've seen Nick Nelson make his debut. What are your thoughts on some of these young Yankee arms? Yeah, they're encouraging. None of well, you can say no pitching is a slam dunk, but these are not guys coming in with oh my gosh this is the number one prospect in baseball or, or uh, even futures game you know but they're they're interesting young arms and then you talk about Davey Garcia's on the on the 60-man roster uh these are guys you want to see more of right and that, that, that's a good thing what is the exact relationship between Nick Nelson and Jeff Nelson oh uh, he's my son you know <laughs> 
I was going to say brother, brother, but he's way too, he could be my son. Not, not, brother from another mother. Yeah, I, I look at him, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he, he's a lot, he's heavier than I was and probably, uh, I don't know how tall he is, but I don't think he's even close to what I am. He throws a little harder than I do, but he, he looked good. I never, I never even heard. I said, wow. When I said Nelson, I'm like, oh my goodness, maybe I better start checking up. And maybe he's like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I had a son somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, God. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Once again, New York Post baseball columnist Ken Davidoff joining us. You can follow Ken on Twitter at Ken Davidoff and read his stories in the post at nypost.com. We appreciate the time, Kenny. You got it, guys. Stay safe. That's a wrap for episode 15, very apropos, Thurman Munson of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the show. Make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars on Apple and write a nice review, if you please. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We will be back on Thursday recapping the first three of four against the Phillies. Hopefully. Stay safe, folks. <laughs>